Welcome to the Three Creeks Church Podcast. We're a church in Gahanna, Ohio that exists to help people find and follow God. We hope this message encourages you, challenges you, and helps you discover how much God really loves you. Thank you guys for being here today, Church at the Creek. I got to be a camp director for nine years before I got to be a pastor. And so in some ways, this is like a walk down memory lane for me. I feel like I'm home. Uh, My name, like I said a second ago, is Joel, and I get to be the pastor here at Three Creeks. And I recognize that there's some little folks here with us today. And so uh, this message is going to be a hair shorter. And by a hair, I mean about half as long as an average Sunday at Three Creeks Church. And all the moms and dads said, amen. Amen. Hey, all the kids, if you're a kid, if you're under the age of 18 out here, can I hear you guys say, whoop, whoop, a little bit louder, whoop, whoop. I love it. That is a sign that we are a blessed church. And so I'm I'm grateful. And I know it's going to be a little distracting, but uh, we're going to, we're going to just power right through it. And I'm going to share something with you this morning that is very important to my life. And I hope it is important to yours. This is actually week nine in a series. We've been talking about the fruit of the spirit. We called it locally grown. And so for the last eight weeks in a row leading up to today, this is the last one. We've been talking about just two Bible verses. It's Galatians 5, 21 and 22. And it says, But the fruit of the Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And if you you grew up in church, that one's probably even committed to memory. Or you know a song, a tune that you're able to sing that one. It's a, what it is is it's Paul writing to these Christians and he's saying, hey, this would be the proof that you are a Jesus follower if your life looks like this. It's important for us to understand that we don't get to be Jesus followers if we are these things, but rather these things are produced inside of us if we choose to follow Jesus. There's actually seven words that I didn't recite right there from Galatians 5.23. Right after it says, self-control as the last fruit. Then it says, maybe you know it, against such things there is no law. And I asked you guys eight weeks ago, I said, if there was a law, if it was illegal to be loving to somebody that cannot love us back, if it was illegal against the law to have joy, unusual joy in a set of bad circumstances, or if it was illegal to be patient or gentle with our kids, or a faithful friend, or have self-control, if those things were illegal, would there be enough evidence to convict us and put us in jail? Would the jury need to talk about it, or would it just be a case closed, no question? These people are guilty. And today, friends, I don't know if you've noticed, but we've, we've jumped around from fruit to fruit. We didn't even do them in order. Today is the last one, and today I want to have a brief conversation about kindness and how kindness has to be something that we would be guilty of if it were against the law. Kindness, in my opinion, is a little underrated. 
It's something that everybody can be. We all can't be fast or rich or famous, but we can be kind. Everybody can be. It's underrated. It's really powerful in a world that can be pretty cruel. Kindness gets our attention. And kindness at its core is supernatural. And what I mean by that is that it doesn't come naturally because if you think about it, kindness doesn't usually benefit the person who is being kind. It usually benefits the person who the kindness is being directed towards. And so once again, I've said this probably 25 times in the last six months. We as Christians are called to do what? We're called to walk in the way of love. And if you wonder, what does that even mean? What does it mean to walk in the way of love? It means to walk in an others-oriented way, to shift the focus from ourselves onto other people. And so kindness becomes this, this character trait that if we show it, man, it stands out. It is powerful and supernatural. And when my daughter Cooper, where's Cooper at? She's right over there. When my daughter Cooper, we found out you, we were pregnant with you, Cooper. We cut the cake and inside the cake, it was pink. And I thought, oh no, I got to pay for a wedding. <laughs> and Cooper, I began to think about maybe the boy that one day might try to come and grab and steal your heart. And if that is what God wants for you, I, I began to think, you know, what do I want this boy to be like? There's a lot of attributes that came to my mind. But now I've had about seven and a half, eight years to think about this. And I come up with two attributes that I want this boy if he's going to come into our house and into our life and try to take her heart, there's two attributes I want to see the most. The first is that I hope that this boy knows and follows Jesus because I have a wife who knows and follows Jesus. And that's been the greatest blessing to me as a husband is to have a spouse that wants to be like Jesus the most. And here's the second one. I want that boy to be kind. I want him to have a really kind heart. And if he loves Jesus, and if he is kind in heart, I think we can work with that. I think we're going to be able to figure it out. And so that's what I've been praying for my daughter ever since. It, it illuminates the kindness and how important it is. Did you know, or, or let me ask you a question. If I were to ask you one characteristic or attribute to describe God, there's a lot of them, for sure. 246 times in the Bible, there's a word that's used. Now, if you know me, you know that I'm no Hebrew scholar. But there's one Hebrew word that I do know, and it's the word chesed. H-E-S-E-D. Chesed. 246 times the word chesed is written in the Bible, usually as it's describing God. And you might be asking yourself, well, what does hesed mean? You're probably thinking it's kindness. And it kind of is, but, but there's a lot of different, actually, English words that it's translated into. In some places, it's described or it's translated into the word merciful, compassionate. One of my favorite ones, it's translated into the words a loyal love. But it's all of those things and more wrapped up. Maybe the best translation, in my opinion, the one that encapsulates it all, the word hesed means loving kindness. And the Bible says that there is an overflowing hesed that comes out of God. That those that follow God, that, there, there's, that he lavishes hesed 
on people that follow him. There's this kindness to the heart of God that we don't maybe think about first, but it's what is used to describe him the most, that God is so kind. So I wanted to show you an example of the hesed of God. And even if, if you are five years old or if you are 95 years old, I think this story relates. I think that you can insert yourself into this. And for the kids' sakes, I decided to use hula hoops to try to tell this story. So if you're a kid out there, say, whoop, whoop. Okay, kids, here, here's how the story goes. In the beginning, God in, he is so creative. He made the world. Oh boy. He made the world. And when he made the world, he made it perfect. And he made people to be in a perfect relationship with him. Nobody made any mistakes. Nobody got mad at each other. Nobody said anything mean about each other. And it was like that. It was like a perfect hula hoop. Nothing wrong with it. But something came into the world called sin through people. And it messed it up. And so this is actually the world that you and I are a little bit more familiar with. Because when I said the world is perfect, you thought, ah, I've seen the news. That doesn't, that doesn't seem like how I would describe it. And the world now is broken. I'm just going to leave that right there and hope for the best. See, it's, it's broken. And... and it's, it could function maybe, but not how it was originally intended to work. If you tried to grab this hula hoop and move your hips and get this thing going, it would not work very well. The truth is that sin is anything you do, think, or say that dishonors God. And because that made its way into the world through people, everything that we experience to some degree is broken. You can look at the news, you can look at our community, you can look at your family, or you can look inside of your own heart, and you have to acknowledge at some point, this is not how it was intended to be. There is something broken. There's something that I wish I could fix in this. I think I need to tie this thing up here for the rest of this thing to work, so hang with me. That's pretty good. All right. So here's our broken world. And here's how God originally made the world. So then the question becomes, you know, which one of these can we relate to being in more? Does it feel like life is perfect and how God wanted it? And I'm all of my relationships, there's really no tension. There, there's a joy, there's a peace, there's a love that transcends all my circumstances. Or if you're honest, do you go, yeah, I kind of probably feel like I'm more in this one. Things are wobbly. Okay, so then we, we, we have to be honest with ourselves and go, if we feel here, we would rather be here. We would rather be how God intended it, uh, it, intended it to be. And so then we start to look at some different things to see if we can bridge the gap between where we are and where God 
originally intended them to be. Here's an example of something that we might try to use to bridge the gap. We might try running, not actually running, but we might try running towards things that either make us feel really good or make us feel numb. We might try running towards everything that people say will make us happy. And we will chase and chase and chase. And whether you're five or 95, there's probably something that you're tempted to run after that is different than a relationship with God. So we try running, but then we find out that this will not bridge the gap all the way from where we are to where God is. Because I don't know about you, I've tried running after lots of things, but in every instance, there has come to a point where I thought, no, that didn't work again. And I could list a hundred things that I or people run after to fix us or make us feel better. But the bottom line is it always falls short. Here's another one that we try. We might say, ooh, if we could just be rich, if we could just have what my parents had, have, or what our neighbors have, or what people in New Albany have. If we could just get the material possessions, if we could just get the boat, if we could just get the vacation house, that is what I need for life to feel okay. I just need a little bit more. And then you and I both know that some of the people that are the most oppressed or the most stressed are the people with a ton of this stuff. So that can't possibly be the answer. So then we go and we try, oh, relationships, the perfect guy the perfect girl, the perfect family, the perfect friend group. That is the key to me not feeling broken and empty anymore. But you and I both know if you've ever been in one of those, it doesn't solve it. There's still a hole. There's still something that we feel like we need to be complete and at peace. And so even though these are good, God gives us these as gifts. It's not meant to be what ultimately heals our souls. And then here's the last one, one that I find very common, especially in a setting like this. We go, ah, religion will fix it. If we can go to church, if we can join a group, if we can donate to charity, if we can do the right things and have good morals, good values, that will be the key to moving me from where I feel broken to where I feel whole. But we find out quickly that religion and rules, it actually can feel very oppressive and isn't freeing at all if it's done with the wrong approach. And so no matter what we try, we just continue to find that, man, these are not long enough. It, the gap is too wide for these to fill it. And God, listen, God in his great chesed, his great kindness, his great love for us, he thought, okay, the gap is wide because I do, I do hate sin. I'm not happy with this, but I love these people so much that I'm not going to leave this gap this wide without some kind of way back. And so God in his great has said, sent his son Jesus to die for us. And he died and he rose again and and the Bible calls him the king. In God's great loving kindness towards us, see how it's pink? 
in God's great loving kindness towards us, he makes a way, he provides this, this bridge from where we are feeling broken, feeling overwhelmed, feeling anxious. He provides this ability for us. It wasn't even on the table. But God in his loving kindness said, you know what? I'm going to at least, I'm going to give him a chance. I'm going to make a way. And so the question then becomes, okay, well, what goes from here over to here? Because all of those things, they weren't big enough to bridge the gap. What, what can help us go from being broken to being healed and whole? Well, our, our, our deal in this is the word repent. And it's a Christianese word for turning from sin and following Jesus. It's this humble acknowledgement that we do not have it all together, nor can we conjure up a way back to God ourselves. And if you look on that paper that was given to you earlier, the one with all the lyrics on it, I just want to read one verse from Romans chapter 2, verse 4. And it says this, Do you think lightly of the riches of his kindness and tolerance and patience, not knowing that the kindness, the chesed, the loving kindness of God leads us to repentance? The bottom line is this, is that if you are not thinking that you need a savior, well, then why would you take Jesus up on it? But if you can be honest enough to admit, you know what, I don't have this figured out and there is an emptiness that it just cannot be cured. I, I, I was chasing and I got what I wanted. I got the raise. I have the relationship. I have even the religion. And yet there's still this emptiness or something missing. Do you take lightly the kindness of God? Do you know that it is the kindness of God that leads us to repentance, to turn from our sin and follow Jesus? So this, is, this worked pretty good in my head. I haven't tried this yet, but I think it's going to work. Do you think lightly, oh boy, of the kindness of God? Or can you see that it's the kindness of God in the person of Jesus Christ that actually takes us from this broken, anxious place where we go, this is not how it's supposed to be but through the kindness of God that leads us to repentance, we're able to be back in this relationship with God, not just today, but for the rest of eternity. And, and, and I, was, I was thinking about that verse one more time that says, against such things, there is no law. Friends, Three Creeks, if you're in our family, if you're a regular person that comes to Three Creeks, I just dream of being a church that would reflect the kindness of God towards other people. And there's lots of things. I know your first grade teacher probably said that you could be anything when you grew up. That's actually not true. If you think about it, it's just not true. They were nice and they had good intentions, but it isn't true. But what every single one of us could be is kind. And, and what would it be like if Three Creeks was famous for being kind, 
reflecting the kindness of God. Thanks for listening to the Three Creeks Church Podcast. To find out more about our church, to give online or to attend a service, visit threecreekschurch.com.